I ask you to turn to Galatians chapter 1. I've got a lesson prepared, but we're probably going to depart a little bit from that lesson. Caleb asked a good question last week, and I have been pondering it all week long. Uh, not his exact question, but um, you know, there are some things that we can discuss about Bible doctrine, and I'm not sure, and you're not sure. And so I'll be frank, there's some preferences I have about how we handle the Bible. That's fine. And uh, Caleb was asking about those things. So, you know, you go to a church and they do something. Maybe they sing a different hymn than you're used to singing. You know, what, what does that mean? And I think you ought to ask some questions. But there are some doctrines we can't question, right? There are some things that just, I mean, they're like bedrock. If you start taking those away, you don't have anything. Here in Galatians chapter 1, verse 6, notice what Paul says to this church in Galatia. Uh, Galatians 1, 6, I marvel that you that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which, is, than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. And then he says again, as we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you, then that which ye have received, let him be accursed. Paul's taking this one pretty seriously. He's not saying, you know, that guy, I mean, he may, we don't see eye to eye, but we have to be understanding. He says, let him be accursed when it comes to the gospel. So what I'd like to do tonight, and I, I boy, I, I know this could be problematic, but let's talk about what are those doctrines that we are not ever going to move on. And if we go to another country, same. Doctrines are going to be the same. If it's 100 years from now, the doctrines are going to be the same. If there's, it was 100 years ago, same doctrines because there's some things that never, ever change. That's what we're going to talk about. What are those doctrines tonight? Let's pray. Father, thank you for uh, the opportunity to gather uh, again in a warm place. Lights are on. And uh, Sunday night, you blessed us even though the lights were off. It stayed warm enough and we were able to sing your praises. We were able to hear from this family that has a vision for Irvine, California. And um, I was blessed to talk with him on a Tuesday night, just hearing his vision for his community. Lord, bless the Kims and continue to provide for them financially, open up doors to share the gospel. And for these young people that have already begun coming to their Bible study, strengthen their faith and use uh, them mightily in the communities that they touch. We pray for Elmira Baptist Church that we would do our part to turn Elmira upside down for you, and Vacaville, and Dixon, and Fairfield, and Winters, that Davis, that we would be bright and shining lights where we are, that you would strengthen us. Uh, many of us feel buffeted. Uh, physical illness uh, has buffeted us, and temptation buffets us constantly, and our own flesh fights against what you want, and we ask tonight for that encouragement and that strengthening, that daily renewal, daily renewal that though the outward man perish, Lord, renew us today and day by day, we ask. We love you, Lord. You're a good God to us. And we have so many blessings that we enjoy richly. And then we get focused on something that doesn't even matter. Help us to discern what's important from what is preference. Help us to know what is truth and then what is my opinion so that we can be clear on these issues, and we ask for your help in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. One of the things I do try to do as a pastor, I have some very strong opinions. You don't have to agree with my opinions, by the way. I mean, I, 
I, there's times we some of you have disagreed with me. I've said something, and you say, well, I don't think so. And that's great. I, I don't mind when you disagree with my opinions. But what we want to focus on first tonight is what is the Word of God, and what are those things that we can't disagree on and call ourselves brethren, right? What's the difference between a Christian brother with whom I disagree and a cult or a false religion, right? Um, so... What are those primary principles of the gospel without which we are no, no longer Christians? We, we fall into this category. If we preach these doctrines, we fall into this category of being accursed. Let me remind you, um, about, a, about 120 years ago now, there was a, a set of books came out called The Fundamentals. That's the name of the books, The Fundamentals. And it came out as a four-volume set. Mostly today it's printed as two volumes, four books and two volumes. Um, anyone remember what those five fundamentals of the faith uh, that, they, that they identified that were under attack at that time? What were those five fundamentals of the faith? Yes, Peter, what's one? You know, it's not, but those are good terms. I like those terms a lot, yeah. No, that, that wasn't what was under attack. Let me, let, let's try again. Yes, Jessica, one of them. The deity and humanity of Christ. Now, the humanity of Christ wasn't under attack at that time. It was his deity. A lot of scholars, right, even people, I'm a Bible scholar, were saying Jesus wasn't God's son. He was just a man like you and me, and maybe he was a little bit better than us, and maybe he knew a little bit more than we did, but just a man. Anyone who says that Jesus is not God falls into this category in Galatians of preaching a perverted truth. Well, false. It's perverted gospel. That's what he calls a perverted gospel. It's not true. So that's a fundamental. Something we can't, you know, if my brother and I disagree on something else, that's fine. But we can't disagree that Jesus is God. Nor, and Jessica's right, nor can we disagree that Jesus is man. He's called the Son of Man. If any... Uh, one denies that Jesus has come in the flesh. He's the Antichrist, First John tells us. So he's fully God, he's fully man. Good, excellent. What is another one of the fundamentals? Cindy? Uh, word of God being fully inspired. Yes, the Word of God is inspired, um, inerrant, infallible. But let's just focus on that word inspired because, again, the, God's Word was under attack. People were saying this is just a human book. It's a lot of myths and fairy tales. And maybe they're better myths and fairy tales than Grimm's fairy tales, but they're just as true as Grimm's fairy tales. And uh, by the way, I'm, I'm sure some of Grimm's fairy tales have some basis in fact somewhere back there. But the Bible is not something with some basis in fact somewhere back there. It's, it's the Word of God, and it's true, and it's accurate. Thank you. Excellent. What's a, what's a third one? Mondo. The virgin, the virgin birth. People saying, well, Jesus wasn't. People, come on. Virgins don't give birth to babies, right? And we, we say, well, yes, biologically speaking, scientifically speaking, I have never observed that. However, the Bible teaches that that's what happened. So we believe the Word of God. Good, we're, we've got three of them. Two more. Yes, Cindy? No, the Trinity isn't one of the ones that was under attack. But yes, the Trinity also is one of those fundamental truths. If somebody comes to me and says, you know, I don't believe that the Holy, in the Holy Spirit, I, I really doubt they can be a Christian brother. Yeah, good. Uh, one more chance here, Matt. Uh, yeah, the bodily resurrection. People were saying, yeah, when we say Jesus rose from the grave, we mean the spirit of love and hope that he had. 
lived on in the, his apostles. That's false. When we say Jesus rose from the grave, we meant, mean his body came back. And his disciples looked at him and said, how can you be standing there? You, you are dead. It must be a ghost, they said. Remember? And he said, here, give me some fish to eat. And I'll, show, I'll show you. And he eats some fish. And he says, come, put your fingers in my wounds. Put your hands in my side. It's me, right? So the bodily resurrection. And here's the last one, the literal and physical return of Jesus Christ. The literal and physical return of Jesus Christ. We're not just heading off into the future and who knows what's going to happen. We know what is going to happen. One day Jesus is going to return. When is that going to happen? We don't know, right? But that it will happen, we know. These are some of the fundamental, we call these the fundamentals of the faith. Um, I, I have written down some of the very words that Peter used. One is justification by faith alone. It's another fundamental of the faith. If somebody says, well, I, I believe that we're saved. Jesus died for us. His blood paid a lot of it, but there's a little bit that I have to add to it. That person is a heretic. They don't understand the word of God. Now, maybe they're an ignorant heretic and you can show them what God's word says. Right? Not by works of righteousness, which we've done. And they go, oh, oh, wow, that's amazing. I never understood that. Great. That's fantastic. But if they insist, no, we've got some part to play in our salvation, then yes, they're, they're, they're a heretic. They are not, they're, they, that's a perverted gospel. That's another gospel that is not the gospel. Um, I, I want to mention one that I think is under attack today. The sufficiency of God's grace and the power of the gospel to transform sinners. The sufficiency of God's grace and the power of the gospel to transform sinners. What does the gospel do? It changes who we are. It changes who we are. Now let's think about one issue we have currently in our society where there are people who call themselves Christians. I'm, I'm, I'm shaking my head because it doesn't seem to me they understand this issue. We have people who say they're Christians but who say we need to be affirming of those people who see themselves as gay and lesbian. That's love, is to be affirming. Because that's the way they are. Now, let me say something that may shock you. That may be the way they are. Because what does sin do? It breaks us. I mean, there are people who are murderers because they're broken by sin. There are people who are kleptomaniacs because they're broken by sin. We, we had a girl at my, my high school for a while, my Christian school for a while. She was a high school student. I'm pretty sure it's a kleptomaniac. She just had this compulsion to take things that didn't belong to her. You know what we didn't say? Oh, I'm so sorry you have that compulsion. We love you. No, I said, you cannot steal other people's stuff. Right? And they say, well, I can't help it. Again, I mean, this may shock you, but I agree with you. That person cannot help themselves because of sin. But we believe that, the God, we believe that God's grace is sufficient. And the power of the gospel transforms people's lives. So if somebody comes to you and they say, well, I'm gay, does God love me? Well, God loves the world, but I can tell you what, his gospel will change their life. They cannot be a gay Christian because that would deny that the gospel changes people's lives and that God's grace is sufficient to change them. And this is what I should have said that day we were together, Jesse, that I've been thinking a lot about that. So if you meet someone who says that to you, hey, you know, I, I'm a Christian, but I have, you know, this... I, I, I identify with this sexually. 
It's amazing, but God's grace can change those people too. In fact, in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, it says, And such were some of you. But you're washed. You're sanctified. No, you're washed. You're justified, it says. So, Daniel, you had a question or comment? Thank you. 1 Corinthians 6. Good, Daniel. Yep. I, I, you're probably right. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 6.10, he believes that is the verse. And he, I, hope, I hope he's right. Write that down. I, I'm not sure. So, these are fundamental doctrines that if somebody says, I'm a Christian brother, and they deny these things, I say those people are heretics. Now, again, if you can open God's word, and they look at God's word with you and they say, wow, that's amazing. You're right. The God's word is right. Not you're right because I don't care if I'm right or not. They say God's word is right and their mind is changed. Praise the Lord. But if they say, well, my teacher taught me. Or I read this book, not the Bible, right? I read this book and it taught me. Then those, those people are the heretics. And those are the ones that when I said last week, uh, the Bible specifically tells us to admonish someone once, twice, and then reject them as a heretic. That was... Titus chapter 3, uh, verses 10 and 11. Those are the people that we reject as heretics. So let's call those, let's call that the first level. First level doctrines. Underneath that group of doctrines, there are some second level doctrines. Now this is, the, the, the division into levels is, is Scott Dean's idea, okay? I don't have a verse for it. But I, there are some things that are really important to me. Um, and I'll tell you what they are here in a second, that I have people who say they're Christian brothers, they, 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 they're Christians, but they think very differently than I do about these things. And I think they're still Christians, I just think they're really wrong. Let me give you an example. Baptism is by immersion. But there are Presbyterians that sprinkle babies. I went to an evangelical free church one time, this is some years ago when I was a, in high school, went to an evangelical free church and they had a baby uh, sprinkling session you know, two-week-old, four-week-old babies, they're sprinkling them. I, I think they're wrong. I mean, I think they're really wrong. But I do think we'll meet them in heaven. See, see, you see the difference? I don't need to go around preaching against the Presbyterians. Now, if I have a Presbyterian ask me, and I have, we, let's look at what God's Word says, right? But I can still call that person a brother. I can still call them a sister. Another uh, issue that's really dear to me, but... And to me, it's clear in Scripture, but it's not clear to all my Christian brethren, is congregationally led churches. Some churches are led by an elder board. And uh, it's a self-perpetuating elder board. The elders pick other elders. And the, the congregation, the people who are members of the church, really don't have much say in how the church is, is governed. Um, again, I, I disagree strongly, but I think we'll see those people in heaven. Uh, there are some things that I do um, just because that's what works best for me. And there are Christian brothers, maybe they do something completely different. I, I can let them do that because they don't answer to me, they answer to the Lord. Let me show you what I'm talking about first uh, as far as they don't answer to me, they answer to the Lord. Romans chapter 14. Turn with me to Romans chapter 14. And uh, you can read the whole chapter here for context later. Tonight we're just going to look at Romans 14. And uh, let's pick it up in verse uh, 4. 
Who art thou, this is Romans 14.4, Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth. I'm going to skip down to verse 5. One man esteemeth one day above another. Another man esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. Look at verse 12 with me. Again, you can read the whole chapter for yourself, but verse 12. So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. So there's a whole, there's a whole group of things that Christians may have very different opinions on. And when we, get, when we stand before God, he may say to me, okay, Scott, why did you do that or not do that, as it may be? And I have to give an answer to God, but I don't need to worry about what my Christian brother or sister is doing. Because it talks about days, one man esteemeth one, man esteemeth one day above another, another esteemeth every day alike. Verse 5 is where it says that. Can you give me an example of a Christian brother who has or does not have a particular day that they esteem or don't esteem above another? I've got two in my mind. Uh, Jesse. That's right. That was one of my thoughts. I have Christian brothers who refuse to celebrate Christmas. They, they do not have any special thing go on on December 25th. They believe it's idolatrous. Well, I, I am not worshiping another god on December 25th. I'm glad to gather my family together and we give gifts. And I think it's a great day. And someday God may ask me, you know, why did you do that on December 25th? And someday he may ask them, why didn't you do something on December 25th? I don't need to convince them what I do need is let every man to be fully persuaded in his own mind. So I'll, I'll be glad to sit down with them, and, and I have, and told them why I set aside December 25th to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, and they've told me why they don't. I know Christians that do celebrate December 25th, but they refuse to have a Christmas tree. Okay? I, don't, don't, don't go get a Christmas tree on my behalf. There's nothing about Christmas trees in the Bible, so... But I do have a Christmas tree in my house. If that offends you, please don't come over during December, right? I mean, I'm not being I'm facetious. I'm, I'm being serious. I, I, I'm not going to live in such a way that you're pleased. I'm going to live in such a way that God's pleased. Does that make sense to everyone? So that's one type of day. What's another day that some Christians esteem and other Christians say, it doesn't matter? Yes, Guillermo. Yeah. Yeah, some... Yeah, well... Churches in, many churches in, in Israel, in the Holy Land, meet on Fridays or Saturdays because um, that is the weekend for that culture. They actually start the new week on Sunday. So you go in at, you know, 8 o'clock Sunday morning and that's day one of your work week. Um, okay, yeah, I, again, I don't have to convince them. I know some people who treat Sunday as a very uh, unique day. Farmers who will not harvest on Sunday. Uh, I'm, I'm all for that. But if I ha I've also have farmer friends who harvest on Sunday. I'm not going to call them heretics because they work on Sunday. Peter, is there a question about Sabbath or Sunday? I, I, just, I don't know if it's true. I just want to invite you that. I was listening to actually earlier today, uh, Pastor John McCarthy. Okay. Apostles met on the first day to celebrate the first day of the week to celebrate the resurrection. That's right. So they replaced Sunday with the Sabbath because of the new covenant they wanted to establish. Peter's exactly right. That's how I see scripture. Sunday, the first day of the week, 
has replaced the Sabbath. The Sabbath technically is uh, Saturday. I won't disagree with that. And we meet on Sundays because that is the day of our Lord's resurrection, the day of the week of our Lord's resurrection. So if you meet a Christian brother who says, well, we meet on Saturday, I would, ask, I would definitely ask why if they say, well, we meet on Saturday because if you don't meet on Saturday, you're not a Christian. Well, then what have they just tried to do? They've tried to add their good works to the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. That's a problem. But if they say, well, we meet on Saturday because that's the only day we can get our building. Okay, well, that's odd to me, but I mean, you know, maybe they have a reason. And we can, we can trust that the Lord will deal with their hearts. And again, have a discussion with them. I'm not saying ignore them. Talk through it with them, but you don't have to win the argument. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. Now, having said that, I have to step on some toes because this is important to me. When you, when you, I'm talking about you, those of you at home, sorry, you don't get to answer this. When you think of independent fundamental Baptists, what in your mind, and I'm not going to let Jesse answer because he, he'll get it right. What in your mind, what in your mind defines independent fundamental Baptists? Yes. Yeah, I, that's one of them right there. Yeah, the King James. A lot of people say, well, if you're an independent fundamental Baptist, you must use the King James Bible. And I do use the King James Bible, but that isn't one of the issues that should define independent fundamental Baptist. Because when I went to Mongolia, guess what? I didn't use the King James Bible. I used the Mongolian Bible because I'm in Mongolia. Sorry, Guillermo, we're having fun over here. I had to quiet down the peanut gallery. Go ahead. So for me... Yes. Yes. That's right. That's right. That's to me, you know, independent, fundamental because we follow the fundamentals of the word. That, right. Uh, Baptist, yeah, independent Baptist. We baptize by immersion. That, that's, for me. that's a good answer. I do want a good answer, though. Yes. <laughs> Do you have another answer, AJ? You're you're waving stuff here. Well, yeah, that's good. That's good. I had a lady one time. She found out my friend and I were independent Baptists. She says, "Why don't you let people go to movies?" I don't know where she got that from. I I hadn't told her that. I did but but that was her idea. Independent fundamental Baptist. She'd go to movies, right? Yeah. So here's my point. I, I, by the way, I don't go to movie houses. I don't. I encourage you not to go to movie houses. But I don't need to check. I don't stand outside. What's the Brendan 16 over there? That person's a member. Write their name down. <laughs> That's, you know, I don't do that. I do want to tell you again, Psalm says, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. So, yeah, be careful what you watch at home. Be careful what you watch on your phone. I mean, it used to be you'd had to go to the movie house to consume some of this stuff, and now you can just use your own phone. So that's, that's the point to me. Here's, here's why, why I brought that issue up. Don't make what Bible we use, whether we watch movies, whether women wear pants, the issue that independent Baptists stand on, because that's not those are not the issues. Independent means we don't have a denominational structure over us. And Baptist means, among other things, that we baptize by immersion. The 10 things that are distinctive to Elmira, yes, share those with other people. 
I'd be glad for you to get that word out. But let's be careful how we characterize independent fundamental Baptists uh, because it really has very little to do with some of the things that often are associated with us. Warren. I know, absolutely, but... Uh-oh. Okay. Right. Okay. Can I stop you there? Because that 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 that's the question, isn't it? Okay. So um, uh, I'm going to say this on on air. So my mission agency when I was in Mongolia was Baptist World Mission. Baptist World Mission split with another mission group over premillennialism, I believe it was. It could have been pre-tribulation rapture. I forget which of those two issues. To me, it wasn't worth splitting over. We bo both groups believed that Jesus Christ was literally bodily coming again. They just disagreed on where at he was coming. And I would not personally make that an issue of separation. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Okay. I understand the, the <laughs> backhandedness of that. I mean, because I'm, you know, we, we don't answer to a convention. We don't, right. Nobody's telling us how to run That's it. right. However, there is that accountability. Yeah. So stop again. Uh, this is not a question, <laughs> but he's right. So where does my, my accountability doesn't come from an office in St. Louis, right? Saying, you know, hey, are you doing everything right? So where does my accountability come from? I want to get back to this. We talked about it last week because it's important to me. Where does my accountability come from? Yeah, the congregation. You, you know, check up on me. One of you asked me again tonight, hey, how you doing? And meant it. If I would have said, I'm having a terrible week, he would have said, okay, let's pray. Let's, you know. So keep tabs. Some of you ladies check with my wife from time to time. How you doing? Uh, how's your husband doing? You know, uh, uh, seriously, that's... My accountability, because one of the weaknesses of independent churches, whether they're independent Baptists or there's a group called the Independent Fundamental Churches of America, they often call themselves a Bible church. They'll be like, you know, a Calvary Bible Church or Faith Bible Church. One of the weaknesses tends to be authoritarian pastors, autocratic pastors, that act as if you guys have no say. I, I am the church. They're like Louis XIV of their church, you know. <laughs> And I, I would. I'd stay away from a church like that. That's not what God has called me to be. Read First Peter chapter 5. Not being lords over the flock, it says, but being examples unto them. First uh, Peter 5 talks about that. So, um, yeah. Independent. Okay, good. What else, Warren? <laughs> no, no. I, Christy, I'm really happy to get these things aired out, you know, because... Maybe you have some questions about what, what, what do we mean we're independent Baptists? And, and what are these doctrines that we say, you're accursed? Because there are some doctrines that are false. We have to say, these people are heretics. Stay away from them. But then if somebody comes to me with a New King James Bible and says, hey, let's read the Bible together, I, I'd say to them, hey, do you mind if I read mine? Right? And, but if you want to read yours, you go right ahead. Because I, I don't have to answer for him when he stands before God. He's got to answer for himself. Right? And I got to an answer for myself too. By the way, if you want to know why I use the King James, I'd be glad to share it with you. We had this set of lessons last summer, so I'm not going to go back into it. But um, I do very few things just because tradition, right? I, I usually have a reason that I've searched out 
understand what God's called me to do, and believe that you would benefit from doing it my way too. But again, my opinion is different than what God's word says. So let's keep that real clear. We have a real bright line. Here's what God's word says. We've got to separate over this. We can't fellowship, Christian fellowship. I mean, you can have them to your house, but you can't have Christian fellowship with someone who denies the gospel. But on the other hand, you may have a lot of Christian brothers and sisters who do some really odd things. Right? And, okay. Because they hold to the fundamentals, the bedrock truths of the faith. Next week, we're going to go over the 13... Um, the 13 articles, the 13 major articles, not articles like journalism articles, they're called articles in Elmira Baptist Church's Statement of Faith. We'll do that next Wednesday night. I'm not intending to get deep into the weeds on any of them because there's 13. We won't be able to cover that much ground. But I want you to know what is in our Statement of Faith that's important to us. By the way, a Statement of Faith is, is a is a it's a, it's a biblical expression of what's important to that culture. So as an example, our statement of faith, I'm sure when they wrote, they, being the people who charted this church, wrote the statement of faith, they did not have the article about marriage and sexuality in the statement of faith in 1957. I can guarantee you that. I know it was added because they used language that I saw. Anyway, I can tell you next week why I know it was added. But why did they add that? Because now in our cultural moment, people say, well, you don't accept. And we say, well, let's see what the Bible says. And uh, so there are 13 of them. I want you to know what they are, and we'll cover those next week. Final questions or comments tonight. Scotty. I really like this phrase, uh, in essential unity. Yes. In essential liberty. Yes. That's not essential. Right, non liberty. All things charity. Yep, yep. In essentials, unity. In non-essentials, liberty. In all things, charity. And I think that should be our goal, is to love our neighbor. Even when our neighbor's wrong, we want, we're still called to love our neighbor, right? Um, so in all things, charity. Thank you, Scotty. Good, good reminder. Pastor, yeah. In that verse 5 in Romans, right, when it says, let the uh, each of these little things is our mind. Yeah. So, uh, what I is that each one of us has to... Uh, follow the dictates of our conscience in matters where the Bible doesn't specifically command commands or prohibits something, right? R right. So you're you're called to love your wife, right? And I'm called to love my wife. Those are not. Those are. We're not disputing that. Yeah, but yeah. do you have to take your wife out on Valentine's Day? Well, obviously not, because she always leaves the day before to go to New York. So <laughs> your family doesn't hold to that. <laughs> No, but seriously, you're exactly right. We're not talking about the essentials. And that's why I say we need a real bright, in our own minds, we need a really bright line. Okay, this is the word of God. These are, this is what God has taught us, us, the, 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 uh, the uh, faith once uh, given to the saints, as Jude talks about. We need to know what those things are. And then I want you to know, full, be fully persuaded in your own mind. I want you to know why we use the King James Bible. I want you to know why do we meet on Sundays. I want you to know why do we sing from a hymn book. These are really important to me. But if I meet a Christian brother and he says, we never use a hymn book. Well, we probably see him in heaven. 
Will we have hymn books in heaven? I don't think so, because we're going to have amazing minds with all this music just going to be stuffed in it. Um, but I, I, anyway, okay. Any other comments or questions? Did that answer your question, Guillermo? Yes. Good. I sort of cut him off, I think. Okay.